Welcome to Behind the Story, where we discover the story behind your favorite stories. My name is Lisa Renee from the CoLab Press, and I'm also a sweet and clean rom-com author. And I'm Naomi Craig. Craig, <laughs> she's Australian. Right? <laughs> That's how you're supposed to say it. Craig? <laughs> like raising the eyebrows too, or what? <laughs> Do I raise my eyebrows? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched your dramatic effect there. <laughs> I'm Naomi Craig. Hang on, sorry, I'm... stop, stop, stop. So three, no, you two, should one. keep that all in. You should keep that all in. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> we're doing a rom-com episode. Because <laughs> we've got the crazy personality. Why not use it? <laughs> All right, three, two, one. And I'm Naomi Craig, author of historical fiction set in Bible Times. We have a great, fantastic pre-recorded interview with Patty H. Scott. You may know her better as Savannah Scott. Um, and it's fantastic. I had a great time learning about her. Um, be sure to like and subscribe to Behind the Story so that you are notified each time we have a fantastic guest. And usually there's giveaways. But before we get into that interview, what are you working on right now, Lisa? Okay, uh, so I do need to uh, write uh, a rom-com next this month. Um, I'm doing a novella series. Um, it's like about 10 chapters. So I've got the third one coming up. So I need to work on that. Uh, this is the Bachelorettes of Clear Creek. So it's a small town rom-com romance series. Um, other than that, I about to launch a uh, book in the Trinity Lakes romance series this month. So got that back from editors. The review team is reading it and it's really great to get some feedback. Um, that's probably, I don't know, might be one of the favourite parts here, hearing from my review team, how they loved it and that kind of stuff. Because that's why you wrote it for the right. readers. So. Especially if they get the idea, like this is what I was trying to write. And they're like, oh, I love this. It's perfect. You know, and it's, they get what you're trying to write. That's that's really cool. Yeah, cool. And what have you been up to, Naomi? I'm still plugging away. Um, by the time this airs, God willing, my um, my New Testament set of novellas will be done, God willing. So, um, you know, kind of run into a couple of, I had some really great days. So I was meeting a really great word count. And then I was, my husband got texts two days in a row at like 5.15. And then of course my my sleep is off and my day is off and all that so good news good to good times right there so but that's the story of my life right now so just trying to be faithful with what I've got and and do the best I can so yeah that's right and um off air um Savannah was talking about that for authors you know you just got to work at your pace um right. whether you're one book a year she's got friends that do really well uh, writing two books a year, one book a year. Um, some, even though she's writing quite uh, frequently and releasing long yeah. books, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, some people like they're doing really well, just one book a year. So um, yeah, it can be done and you just got to stay in your lane and do it, do it that stay way. Stay in the lane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Let's uh, bring Savannah on because uh, we had a fantastic interview. We've got a giveaway, so um, stay tuned for that. 
So she writes contemporary, she's a contemporary romance author under Patty H. Scott, or you might know her as Savannah Scott. So she's um, in December 2021, Patty started writing closed door rom-com as Savannah Scott with Friends Shipped. So being the first book in the wildly popular Getting Shipped series. Patty, welcome to Behind the Story. Um, thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you on. So for those who aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about you and what you write. Okay, I'm Patty Scott. I also write as Savannah Scott. So um, my books under Patty H. Scott are nonfiction for moms and women. And um, my books also under that name are Clean Romance. And then under Savannah Scott, I write Sweet Rom-Com, which is Closed Door. Awesome, excellent. So your latest book, Cruise Shipped, is a laugh out loud forced proximity on vacation. Rom-com with a hot firefighter, book boyfriend and a sassy, let me say if I'm saying this right, a Perito Rican heroine. Get away to the Caribbean and experience a bunch of Midwestern shenanigans. I love that word. <laughs> You'll get all the sizzle you ever wanted in a closed door romance with a happily ever after that will leave you smiling. Tell us the story behind this story. How did you come up with this one? Okay, so... Um, I wrote, this is part of my getting shipped series. So all of the books have the word shipped, which, you know, when we ship characters, we're trying to get them together. So um, I just thought about it when I started the first book in the series was friendship. And that was the first, my sort of my foot going into rom-com. I had wanted to write rom-com for a long time because I love um, the challenge of putting humor on paper and um, still doing within the setting of a romance. And so um, when I did friendship, I just started thinking of all these different words that would go with shift that I could eventually use. And I didn't know for sure what the plot was going to be. But as the series progressed, certain books were more predetermined and other ones weren't. And cruise ship was not one. The, the title was out there because obviously cruise ship, but um, I wasn't quite sure how it would roll if I would ever use that title or how. And then um, when I came across these two characters, um, Gabby, who is the main character, Gabriella, who's the main character in a cruise ship, she's a Puerto Rican woman. She's the best friend of the Gallon Township. And so when I wrote her in, I just kind of fell in love with her because she's very sassy. She's very spirited. She's very um, lives life to the fullest, speaks her mind. Um, full of passion. I just really enjoyed writing her and, and my readers loved her in Township. And um, and many people asked for her to have a book. And then in at the end of Township, she and Brooks flirted. And a lot of times my characters just do stuff. I'm sure anybody who's a writer understands that your characters are like children. They just kind of start doing their own thing. You have to decide whether you're going to discipline or let them play, you know. And so um, I was letting these two flirt at this end scene of Township. And and I realized that they might get their own story. But as the, the series progressed, that was how the book came about was that, yeah, they needed a story. Oh, that's fun. I loved it. And I got to say, when I um, was scheduling everything, I, I went on Amazon and read all the sneak peeks of all the ship series and they're so much fun. Um, and it's definitely going to be on my, on my never ending list for sure. Yeah. But um, that's fun. So Gabriel Gabriella and Brooks were, um, they show up earlier and were they always meant to be together or was that something that they just played around with themselves? So as far as they, they weren't. And when I started thinking about who, um, so I guess when they met in township, there was that flirting, but I didn't know if I was going to make them a story or not. And then it wasn't the next book. I didn't really consider them that much, but when in the book that, so they're in the sixth book 
and they show up in the third book originally flirting. And then the next book, when there's a wedding, they're at that wedding. And I realized, okay, well, I'm going to have them flirt a little at the wedding. I still didn't know if I was writing them a story, you know, I just enjoyed having them flirt and having them see each other again. And so I had that happen. So obviously there was this seed of that. So by the fifth book, um, he was calling her his if only girl because she lives out of town in Boston and he lives in Bordox, Ohio. They're 800 and something miles, 37 miles or something away from each other. And so um, having them separated by distance, it's like, if only, if only the situation was different, if only if I were different, um, maybe we would be together. So he calls her that in that. And that's by that time I was writing the fifth book, which is right before theirs. I knew they were going to be the next book. So that by then it kind of just evolved to where they became the next book. At the end of the book, um, the fifth one before the sixth, do you, you're planting them more in there and in the last couple of chapters, more of a hook for the next? Um, I don't tend to do that because um, I like to do it, it more organically, I guess, than to just thrust somebody out like, here's my last chapter or here's the next person you should read. Um, I just tend to weave stories together long long threads and so um that and that's how I don't even always know who's coming to have a story and sometimes my readers know like they're like I was shipping them back in book three and I will I wasn't <laughs> this one that I just wrote people had begged for this book and I had no intention to the one that's coming out May 5th I had no intention of even writing it but um people kept asking for it so sometimes I think my subconscious knows I'm going to write a book before I do <laughs> yeah awesome so which of the characters in cruise ship do you like and not like <laughs> okay um I like all my characters I'm just one of those people that um I love all my characters some of them are harder to understand or relate to I guess like where if I were to go to coffee with them or something but um Ella May is a character in the whole series who I fabricated her in the beginning um as a sort of annoying um, social media presence in the town and she's very vibrant and outspoken and very like in people's faces and so I was not a huge fan of hers early on but I didn't figure I needed to be because she served a purpose in all the stories with her personality um, she's the one everyone begged for by the end of the series and so I was like okay and I love a challenge as an author I love to write a, a character that um, is not the one you would root for and make everybody root for them so um I took that challenge on and wrote her into the last book but she's probably the only one that I would say was hard to like and I love like Brooks who's the main character he's such an amazing book boyfriend and then Duke who was a, a main character from book four censorship um I love him he continues to weave into all the stories for some reason but he's one of those people that would be in real life friends with everybody so it's not unusual that he comes back into all the stories and the and women love him and so they're all like bring us more Duke like Duke can come into all the stories so um, I love him and I love the friendships in my book. Like um, my books have strong family and friend connections and they're not always, the family connections are not always positive, but they're always strong. Um, but some of them are very, very positive and strong. And then the friendships are super strong. So we have a lot of found family and I love those, those relationships. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I think we could all use a found family, you know, we mm -hmm. need those special people for sure. Yeah. All right. So if you're watching, comment below. Tell me who, which character from any book you would like to have coffee with or have their own story. Let us know. And maybe you never know. It might end up actually being the story that you always dreamed of. One of your authors might pick that up. So comment below and let us who needs a story of any book and which, which side character. <laughs>
Excellent. Okay. So, um, Patty, we've got a few, we've got quite a lot of followers that are my authors that watch our show. And yeah, we'd love to know, like, um, so you were doing another genre and you had, you know, some success with that. You've been doing the author thing for a long time. And then you've jumped on this, you know, you wanted to do rom-coms and you've jumped and you've done amazing, um, so well on Amazon. I see, see your books ranking well and lots of buzz out there on social media. So tell us, um, you know, how do you do this? Was it something that was just this, you know, being in the right, the right genre and everything, or what's the most effective marketing and promotion for you, for your books? Okay. It's such a tricky question because I think marketing is a very personal thing. And it's something that a lot of us have to get used to even thinking about because we came into this originally most of us came into this thinking I want to be an author I want to write books we didn't think I want to be you know um, a marketer you know or a, um, a person who designs websites or whatever you know this just isn't like those skill sets usually are not in the same brain and the same body and so it's very challenging to um, be a creative of the way we are and then to also have to juggle in this other end of things so for me, originally, when I was writing my nonfiction, I was basically wanting to be like, give my books away a lot. <laughs> my, my best friend, who is not an author, um, was like, you know, you worked hard on this. This is your job. You need to sell these, you know? So it was like, she was, I was constantly trying not, I just didn't want to market. And, um, and so it took me a while to get my feet stable on like what that even meant. And I remember somebody said to me, like, if you baked a batch of cookies for a friend, you wouldn't put them back in your shed. Like you would put them out on the table or you would bring them to your friend's house and you would want that because you would want them to be able to eat that, find them and eat them. Right. And that's what you're, when you're serving up a book, you want somebody to find it and consume it, you know, and, and enjoy it just like they would enjoy cookies you bake. So that helped me soften to the idea of even marketing, but I really don't think about marketing that much. Um, I've, you know, I've gone through some, some listening to podcasts and, and gathering. And I think we do need to pick the people that are going to lead us as we're, as we're authors well, and choose, choose um, like Kindlepreneur is a great one. Um, Joanna Penn, like there are just some really good podcasts and, and um, resources out there. Create If Writing, which is um, Kirsten Oliphant. She's a good friend of mine. And we became friends because I followed her um, Facebook group. And then um, I started you know, when she did a lot more leading of authors, she doesn't do as much of that now, but she has a whole bunch of material out there for that. And so I just bit by bit, but over the years, it's a growing process. And it's just one of the things you have to find your own flavor, I feel like. So with marketing, um, you do what suits your personality and what suits um, your capacity. But I don't think about it that much. I really, um, I do what I've got to do as far as I do pay for ads. I do promos. I swap with other authors. I do all the things that everybody else does. So it, you know, um, but I think the biggest thing is writing the books I love, the books I would want to read, the books that um, fit my my voice as a as a writer, and um, put those out there. And then I love connecting with readers, but not every successful author does, you know. So that again, it's not a like you wouldn't tell everybody go connect with readers if you're not a person who does that well, don't do that. You know, you will find the things that fit you and a lot of it's trial and error. So I, I know that's a very, um, you know, it's not an answer that tells you ABC, but I've just found that there really isn't an ABC to it. It's really a trial and error and finding what fits you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true because 
you can see someone like you're doing every two months or something. Lisa's doing every, you know, you guys both have multiple books a year. So following somebody with that, for me personally, I need to find someone who's doing well with a once a year release. You know, mm -hmm. I need to be finding that tribe of people, but yet you still can learn from from the others around, even if maybe, maybe not all those strategies might work, right? But, right. Uh, but yes. pick and choose, but then you find your, find your people, stick with them mm -hmm. and apply it as, as it suits your genre and your, your lifestyle. I like that. That's, that's so important. And I'll just add one more thing. I think that one of the biggest things is to really, um, we can really get caught up in thinking about marketing, thinking about what everybody else is doing well. And I think it it's a hindrance to us. Because mm -hmm. we we have our own path, we each have our own path. And yes, we want to learn and take in. And I've spent a lot of time doing that. But I think the best success I've had is really applying myself to writing the best books I can write and then putting those out there and and um sharing them with people and watch it. And it grows this sometimes quick and sometimes slow. It's kind of like if I wanted to ask one direction, how'd they become a great band? Well, you know, that was a lot of circumstances all put together. And I can really focus on doing exactly what One Direction did. And I will never find my success because I'm trying to be One Direction, you know? And so we have to find what suits us and do do the things that are best for us. So make it right. make your journey yours and accept the growth at the rate that it is instead of, because we can get consumed by that and it takes us away from what we're supposed to be doing, which is just writing good books and enjoying the process right. uh, and growing at the rate we're supposed to. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you find that writing under sweet romance versus uh, rom-coms, do you find that rom-coms have a better market or it seems like you're like just really accelerating with the rom-coms here? I accelerate with rom-coms. I don't think that rom-coms per se is um, like, I know people have that idea. That's an idea that's out there. Oh, I'll get into rom-coms. Um, people do that and they end up really disappointed because they're not a rom-com author. So like, if I wanted to get into bull writing right now, that would not be a good call. I'm not a bull writer. I would die. I would hit my head and crack it open <laughs> and die, you know? So, 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 you know, so we need to be in a place that fits us. So I have friends who are in cozy uh, mystery and they're doing fantastically. I have friends in clean romance who are really killing it. They're just, I have one friend who writes, um, cowboy clean romance. And she has just gone with that genre off the charts, done really, really well, consistently putting out cowboy clean romance um, with a Christian, you know, flavor. I have another friend who writes military romance in the clean genre, and she's doing really well. So um, it, YA, I have another friend in YA, another friend in fantasy. So it's not really about the genre. It's about finding what fits you and being and really going into that. And so yes, Kalytics or those different analyzation reports will tell you this genre is surging, but you know what? Next year, that genre is not going to be the one that Kalytics is featuring. It's going to be another one. So what if I hopped into rom-com so I can make success? And then I'm not really a rom-com author and, right. um, you know, and, and the next year it's really um, vampire romance or who knows what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I'm not going to chase the trend. I'm going to do what fits me. I'm going to find out where my voice fits the best and write those books. And then I will find success. So for me, that's what it is. I don't think it's as much about what, what trends, cause that changes. But um, for me, writing humor has always been a part of my stories and I wanted to challenge myself to do it more. And I've loved writing rom-com, but I also know people have gotten in and just been sorely disappointed because it's just hard for them. And then they're not enjoying success because they're not writing the kind of books that the readers expect in that genre so yeah yeah that's that that's very true yeah. what you're saying and um 
so you're saying that you had light humor already and then you've sort of like tried to amp up, you know, like gone more amping up and putting a rom-com cover, obviously saying this is rom-com. Does these, sometimes you feel pressure like in the writing process? Oh, I've got to make this so funny. I've got to, you know, like, because at first draft, sometimes <laughs> you're not really like, and one day you're not really feeling funny. <laughs> you might have had all this drama going on and right. then you've got to write, you know, how do you? That's do when you, you start it? writing those, those epic scenes for the biblical fiction and they would, <laughs> get all the angst out (laughs) you know in my books one of the things that readers love and it's just something that I bring to my books is that I always might want my characters to be facing real they have real we have autistic characters I have a dyslexic character I have characters who've lost a family member you know you know there's just a lot of there's divorce there's um all kinds of stuff in my books so um funerals you know I've had I've had all this stuff that's real and I want my characters to be dealing with real things and so for me, I feel like there's these two layers that I put into my rom-coms, which is the light that brings you up and then the heavy that keeps you grounded. And there's a combination that we go through. So, um, but, but if I feel like I've gone a lot of times for me, it's just like my best friend, because I read my books to her aloud, because we have, we've had this for a long time. She broke her wrist and I started reading aloud to her and then she never wanted me to stop. So she's the one person I read aloud to. And she's like, your humor has become more natural. So it's just like any muscle you exercise over time. It's become that I do write more funny things, but there are days where I'm just not feeling as funny. Then I'll just come back to that scene and revisit it. it not every scene needs to be funny, but certain ones do. And if I'm trying to write something funny and it's not going there, then I'll just skip it and go to the next scene and and come back and write it when I'm feeling a little more inspired or add something else to it so yeah and a lot of times my brain is doing the work I'll be washing dishes I'm like oh you know and then I know what I've got to go back and add you know so yeah excellent okay uh one more question for our authors out there that are following us um so you I I, I mean I've seen you on um, Instagram quite a lot I'm not sure if that's your favorite I mean you probably do Facebook and stuff so with Facebook you know you we it's an older audience anyway who uses Facebook so we could think all our audience is um older um but that you're in Instagram I'm not sure if you tried TikTok or anything (laughs) um do you think with the rom-coms like your audience um is the same sort of age group that you're with your sweet romance or do you think it's starting to get a bit younger or or you think in readers in general we're just you know over 40 or something (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good question um a lot of my readers from my sweet romance came over with me to my rom-com so that was a blessing but being that I write to moms groups and I speak to moms groups a lot of the younger moms have also come over from my nonfiction. from moms come over to that um I I do spend most of my social media time is spent on Instagram I love it there I have a lot of connections and it's just been a sweet spot the bookstagram community is amazing like who knew we would have this you know virtual community that really I have friendships that I've developed and people I've even met in real life as a result um and then Facebook I have a Facebook group and when I do a a launch team I'll have a Facebook launch team group and um, that's a great place. It's different on Facebook because there's a lot more um, group interaction where people right. can, I mean, in Instagram, it can happen on a thread, but in Facebook, we really do all. And even my, my readers get on and post, you know, and I don't have to generate it all. We can just be this um, organic group that functions together. So I love that. And I do have older readers that are on Facebook and some of them won't get on Instagram. They're like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to be there. I'm on Facebook too, but I only go on Facebook probably about Right now I'm doing it every day because I have a launch team in process, but when I don't have a launch team, I go on like three or four times a week and most of my time is spent on Instagram. I have a TikTok account. 
I don't go there very much. It just hasn't been my jam. There's a lot of younger people and I do have young readers. I have 18 year old readers. I have 20 year old readers, but, um, I'm, it's just, I, TikTok's not my jam. So I'm not doing it that much right now. I made later, but yeah. We've learned is that you've got to find what works for you and what's sustainable, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I have <laughs> friends who are doing great things on TikTok and they're loving it, you know, but yeah. that's just, it takes, TikTok takes for me a lot of energy. Like I have to be on there regularly and really drum things up to get the momentum. And I'm just not interested in doing that. So yeah. for me, it doesn't work, but it does work. It's just not where I want to put my energy. So yeah. Yeah. You need to be committed. And then if you stop it, mm -hmm. it just all drops down. You got to mm -hmm. <laughs> keep working yeah, on it all stop. over again. <laughs> Did you found with Instagram, you had a like, uh, that's where a lot of your review team, do you, do you use the bookstagrammers? Do you post out books for them? Like, sort of yeah, I have a great bookstagram um, support. And um, I have a lot of, when I want to put, when I put an art team together, I'll put a call out. I mean, I, right now, the way I do a different art team for every book. So I do call some of the people who've been with me a long time and just keep them like originally in the group already put their slots in place, check with them. Like, Hey, do you still want to launch this next book? Cause I don't want to assume that they do. We all have fluctuating schedules and what, and then, then I'll just open up however many slots I have left. And then usually there's a little bit of a feeding frenzy to try to get into those slots. And that's amazing to me. Like it, it blows my mind that I'm in a place where people scrabble to get onto my team. I mean, that is a, a blessing that I don't take for granted. And then we fill those spots and then I cut it at a certain point because I have a certain number of spots, which is really hard for me because then I have to turn people away. But I have to remember, um, you know, that's, I'm not telling they don't get to read my book. I'm just telling them they don't get to help launch it. So, yeah. so yeah, but that's how I do yeah. it. But you have is really a limited amount of spots because you're, you know, offering paperbacks or, or what, um, why is there a limited yeah, I offer both. So I have um, a certain number of paperbacks that I give, and then I have a whole other team that's art, that's the art ebook readers. So, and I limit it just because I need to be able to manage the team. And I also only, you know, everything we give away is a, is a giveaway. So, yeah. um, so there's a limit, but yeah, yeah, it's still large. I have 150 people on my lunch team. Wow. So it's large. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Well, excellent. What is something that readers would be surprised to learn about you, Patty? Um, probably, I mean, everybody knows I dance Zumba and hip hop and everybody knows I love to travel and road trip. Probably um, not everybody might not know that I have my master's in marriage and family counseling. And that was my first, um, first career. So, and I bring that, that to my writing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Is that also what your mom's group is focused on too? Or? Um, it's, I am um, no, I just, um, that's just what I did my schooling in. And I always thought I would be, a, when I was young, I thought I'd be a therapist and speak to groups of women and write books. And so that all happened. <laughs> well, I think you can still have therapy by novel. That, yes. that sounds legit. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's, I try to bring some depth into the, the yeah. sneak it in there, you know, sneak definitely. in some helpfulness. I definitely do that. Definitely. Okay. So uh, this series is, uh, you're, are you wrapping up the series? You're going to start a different series? Tell us what's yeah. coming next. So the the last book in the series is going to be out May 5th. It's Ripped and Shipped. It's, um, it's an army guy who came home, ex-army. He came back to the town a few years ago. He's very stoic, keeps to himself. He has friends and whatnot, but he's um, been through a lot. And then uh, this gal who's the social media influencer, they're the least likely couple you would ever expect. And people wanted to see if they could end up in a relationship. So they are, and that comes out May 5th. And then once that's finished, I'm starting a whole new series. It's called Love Trippin'. 
and it's going to be um, start in that town, Bordox, Ohio, and go. We're going to go to a resort off the coast of California on an island that has um, this resort and 3,500 people living on the island. And so it's going to be an island based um, series. So, yeah. And then I've got another series that I've got planned over that. I've got all these series in my brain. If only I could have 10 lifetimes to write them all. But anyway, yeah. That's what's Wonderful. next love trip and series that'll come out. The first book, and that's going to be called, are we there yet? And it's the road trip one. And that's going to be in July, I hope coming out. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, where can the readers find you online? You've okay. mentioned you're on Instagram, but what's best, what's best place to find you? The best place to find me is that my Instagram is Savannah Scott underscore author. And then, um, or at savannahscottbooks.com. Those are my two best places to reach me. Awesome. Okay. We'll have those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Story. Thank you. It's so sweet to be here. I appreciate it. So remember to connect to Patty um, and her books. She's offering a paperback of Cruise Shipped for US addresses and it will be ebook if you're an international winner. So we'll have that link in the show notes. As always, Lisa and I always have our freebies as well. Um, if you're into historical fiction, I've got Balaam's story and his talking donkey. It's called On Desolate Heights. It's free to download when you subscribe to my newsletter. And if you're here for the rom-coms, I've got a sweet and clean rom-com novella called Fake Engagement Mistake. And it's also free in audiobook. So the link will be in the show notes as well. And that's lots of fun. Coming up next, we welcome Julie Christensen to the show. We did talk about her today um, and we're looking forward to learning about her and her writing as well. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Behind the Story. Until next time, let us run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See you next time.